0: folks, and welcome or welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima, again, and this podcast was brought to you, among others, by Emil Gorgis, a Tokyo real estate agent who specializes in serving international or mixed nationality families looking for the perfect family home. So Emil's in Australia. He's been living here in Japan for the past two decades, eight years of which he's been actively buying, selling, and managing real estate properties in the city on behalf of his own family and a great many happy clients. And he also acts as a mortgage broker on behalf of his clients. So his company has a dedicated loan officer in many of the Japanese mega banks. And if you're a regular listener, you probably already know him from our JREP, the Japan Real Estate Experts panel sessions. So you're probably already aware that the man is an absolute fountain of wisdom on all things related to real estate in Japan, and in particular to family homes, the greater Tokyo metropolitan area, and mortgages. And most importantly, he's incredibly generous with his time and advice, which he's more than happy to provide at no cost or commitment to anyone asking. So if you've been thinking about buying your home in Tokyo, but you've been sitting on the fence for a while, or if you just want to have a chat in English with a real expert, drop him a line on emil.gorges, that's E-M-I-L dot -G 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 G O R G double at tokyorealty.jp. Hit him up today and start exploring your options. Okay, so in this episode, we speak to a USA citizen who's been living in Japan for quite a long time, more specifically in Kumamoto, and he already has some investment properties that he's purchased in the city. He wanted to ask our opinion about potentially recycling these smaller, older properties into a larger, newer one, He's also been able to purchase using investment loans, even without having permanent residency, which can be quite rare in Japan. So we also pick his brain a bit, mainly about building and nurturing relationships with Japanese banks. And he then in turn picks my brain about the advantages and disadvantages of different types of investment. So individual units versus buildings, the difference between the local market in Kumamoto versus Fukuoka, which is the nearest largest metropolitan center to Kumamoto, and some other attractive locations around Japan. And we also talk a bit about purchasing under a company name or as an individual. And now this is a conversation that we've had here many times before, but in his case, he's already got a couple of companies set up in Japan. So the conversation is slightly different to the ones we normally have with people who are wondering if they should set up a company strictly for the purpose of property investment. We also talk about our services, at NTI, our fees, the difference between hiring us as consultants versus a full purchase facilitation. And then we also touch lightly on the topic of long-term leases, monthly rentals, and full short-term stay properties, such as Minpaku or Airbnb. So really good, diverse conversation there. Plenty of info. Hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you again on the other side. Okay. Cool. So you're here in Japan and you already have properties and you're looking to uh, roll them over
1: or? Yeah. Um, so I've been in Japan for about 10 years. Um, uh, I bought my first kind of mansion type property six, five or six years ago. Um, I've got six of them now. Um, they're kind of spread out. Um, I will likely be leaving. Um this August or July. I'm not super sure when. Um, so I'm thinking about, yeah, maybe rolling them over to a larger property or doing something else with them. I'm not sure.
0: Okay. And did you purchase those um, strictly as investment properties via normal Japanese real estate brokerages or? Yes. Okay. Um, so I, I guess my first question is, What's the question? So do you want to sell them and then use those funds to buy something else? Which I'm guessing you'd probably do the same way. Or,
2: mm-hmm.
1: well, I'm I'm really wondering what's what's the best thing to do. Um, should I look at just holding on to the properties I have now, even though I'll be gone? Or because um, I was listening to your podcast recently, where you were talking about uh, the benefits of having, you know, uh, one a versus a bunch of different little mansions, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm wondering if that's going to be easier to manage uh, while I'm gone. Um, would it be better to sell off these small properties and then use that uh, to put a down payment on a larger property? You know, uh, I'm kind of just thinking about my options, I guess. Okay, so um,
0: if you... A few, few things to unpack there. First thing is, um, how are they performing and how old are they? Are they properties that you would basically want to hold on for longer to if you could, or have you already been considering reselling them for whatever reason
2: or
1: um, I mean they're all they're all performing fine. Um, uh, three let me think about this. Uh, I have no loans on four of them, um, so they are all cash flowing. 40 or 50,000 yen a month. Yep. And then another two, uh, I have loans on. Um, I think there's another two or three loans. Uh, sorry, two or three years left on those loans. So, two or three years, they'll be paid off. Um, there's nothing particularly wrong with them. Um, the buildings are, say, about 30 years old. So, not super new, but also uh, quite central in Komoto. So, uh, desirable areas. Kumoto, are, right? Yeah, they're all kind of in the downtown here uh, in Kumoto. Um, okay. And
0: then so- are they all managed by the same property manager?
1: Um, yes, basically. Um, two of them I manage directly um, because actually my company staff is living there now. Okay. So um, we just withdraw the rent from their paychecks and don't really need a management company. But in the future, after I leave, then we'll we'll ask the same property manager to come in and step in there just to make sure everything goes smoothly with the okay. repairs and stuff.
0: So if, if it's going to be the same company managing the same, I'm assuming the similar number of doors. So you might, you know, roll over those six units into a building with six units kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. hassle-wise, I don't think your management would increase or decrease whichever way you go, right? Mm -hmm. Um, when you own the building there's a few more things to think about in the sense that um, you also need to take care of the structural maintenance whereas now you're just taking care of the interior Mm -hmm. Um, but depending on the age of the building that might not be much like the buildings that we manage usually there are kind of decisions to be made maybe twice a year kind of thing
2: Mm -hmm. and once Mm -hmm. every
0: 10-15 years there's maybe a bigger renovation to consider um Mm -hmm. Whether or not your existing property management company can also handle buildings, regardless of that, it's still going to be a single company handling it, right? So if it's a small building, it's going to be one company handling um, both what the the guys are doing for you now, both the uh, tenant management, but also that same company would also know how to handle the building itself.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. So management hassle-wise, I don't think there's going to be a huge difference. Okay. Okay advantages that i can see would a you might be able to get something that's a little bit newer which is always Mm. a good thing uh also if and when land gains in value you will stand to gain more because the um just the land parcel is bigger but in kumamoto that's probably not a huge consideration i really know yeah not really on the cards there Um, yeah did you maybe think to switch to a different location as well? Or are you happy with them? Being- yeah,
1: of, of course, Fukuoka is uh, kind of the obvious place. Um, everywhere else in Kyushu, always looking to Fukuoka. If I'm not going to be local anymore, it doesn't really matter where the properties are. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Fukuoka is, uh, I don't understand the Fukuoka retail market uh, very well, but I understand it much better than you know Osaka or Tokyo for example yep. um so uh my my banker told me that you know if you want to buy something in the like 60 to 80 million range then I'm going to want you to put you know 15 to 20 million cash for a down payment that's so, cool yeah yeah so yeah. what I was thinking was I I could sell what I have now probably get in the 15 to 20 million range, and then roll that into that kind of larger property. And then Is there, doing the banker, that- Does your
0: banker thing. know that you're leaving the country, by the way? Yes. And they're okay giving you a loan, even though you're not gonna be a resident anymore? Yes. Okay, um, that, that's, that's rare. Okay, that's great.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, strange bank, <laughs> uh, come up with a bank. It's managed by Fukuoka bank now, but- um, Okay. Yeah, I don't have permanent residence either. Um, so that's another thing that uh, sometimes causes issues. And they with, gave you an investment loan. But, uh, yeah, actually, uh, in my third year, I think I got my first in- investment loan. And I've just been working with uh, Kumoto Bank the whole time. So uh, just been kind of maintaining that relationship and it's worked well.
0: Well, first off, put all of our discussion aside and please put me in touch with your banker. I need to talk to this dude. <laughs> That would be uh, well. We've got, we've got so many customers who would be very happy if they, I mean, they doubled their purchases overnight if they could get loans not being residents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so
2: um,
1: yeah. Um, the, ma- the main thing is, I can only get investment loans. I, I can't touch any other loan products. Like, I can't get a car loan, I can't get a house loan, I can't get a reform loan, but I can get a, a business loan. Yep. Oh, so those so, were
0: not but those were not property mortgages; they were business
1: loans. Um, not m- mortgages. Well, I mean, they were. They had the property as tampo but they like within the bank system they're done as uh, business loans. Gigio, loans, right? Yep, so yep, yep. business loans. Yeah. So they they do have um the property as collateral, but not as some sort of property or home loan or any of that
0: so they're pretty creative open-minded kind of bankers that's rare in japan
1: yeah well uh the first one i had to buy with like 80 percent cash down and yeah. i i came to the bank and said i want to start a relationship with your bank because i have a company separately i wanted to be able to take out loans for my company i said i want to start a relationship i've got this property i'm looking to buy I can pay for it with cash, but why don't you guys give me a loan for a small percentage just so that we can build a relationship? And that, that's kind of what happened. So, since then it's it's been easier to kind of work with them. That's fantastic.
0: Well, look, from a from a property strictly a property perspective, we always do recommend to people who can afford to to go for the small building just for the fact that it gives them more flexibility and creative Mm -hmm. freedom down the track, right? Like if you suddenly want to lease properties out by the month, if the tourists come back or even Airbnb, if you get the license, um, Mm -hmm. that's something that you're not going to be able to do with the individual units. Mm -hmm. But it also requires more capital reserves because if and when something goes on the structure, it's all on you. There's no Kumiai, there's no um, owner union or, or building management company that collects monthly for that. Mm -hmm. so you need to have the financial discipline to put funds aside every month or to make sure that you've got enough reserves from other sources so that if and when something needs to be done to the structure you can afford to Mm -hmm. um okay if you can then yes i would definitely recommend to go for a small building individual units are great from a safe and stable kind of perspective it's it's um I mean, the, the monthly fees that you pay for building management and for the reserve funds sort of give you a bit of peace of mind that you know you're limited to only interior repairs and renovations if and when that's required, like between tenants, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, uh, but mm-hmm. if you can, if you can afford to, and you can afford the reserves to put aside for it, um, there's just more that you can do when you own the bigger land parcel
1: and you're not reliant on owner units, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so in that case, uh, would you recommend looking at the Fukuoka market rather than the local market here? I yes. would say so because
0: sixty sixty to eighty million will definitely buy you a nice, well located, newish well not not new but newish building in Fukuoka. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: what what does sixty million get in? quoga these days
0: um i'm just thinking about the last purchase we did so for less than 50 million we're talking i think 43 or 45 mil
2: Mm -hmm. uh
0: we got a fairly suburban but central property so like um Mm -hmm. if you know hakata station Yeah. Uh, So the south and east side of Hakataku is like the more Mm -hmm. residential side. It's not the Mm CB per se. So we got a Mm -hmm. recently got a property there that's eight units for about 45 million. Mm -hmm. I think from memory that one is actually I can look at it right now. Just give me a second. I think it was 12 year oldish. Oh, really? From memory Are those yeah. like
1: 1K units or one D K? 1R or? or 1K usually, yeah. 1R 1K. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And those are, I mean, they're easiest to find tenants for.
1: Yeah. So that's like 35,000 a month a door. is—is is, That would be, in Commodore, that'd be about 30, 35,000. I'm just looking
0: per. at it now. So that was built a little bit older. That was built 2004.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the price was 40 million, eight units in the mm-hmm. building. Um, uh, the structure size is 150, and the units are all uh, 1K, yes. And mm-hmm. then another one that's a little bit more suburban but in better shape. Give me a second. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so built 2012, just 10 years, or at the time of purchase, it was nine years, six units. Uh, and there are uh, mm-hmm. four of them are one LDK, two of them are two LDKs. So two of them are actually oh, okay. kind of couple-sized.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, and that was 55 million. And that generates that's an annual that. income, gross annual income of 360,000, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and the yield is about... Between five to six percent before tax is the yield on both okay. of those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um So that's what you can get in a little bit suburban Fukuoka. If you go a mm-hmm. little bit above sixty million, you could get about a lot more central. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um Yield might be a little bit lower, but you'll never be a, you'll never be wanting for tenants, which is a great thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, it sounds like. Generally, the prices are probably a bit higher than they are here in Kumamoto. But uh, of that's the, the trade-off of cash flow versus whether the land the property is on are going to appreciate, right? And, and the yeah,
0: far younger, and more, stability. Far younger mm-hmm. and more white-collar type of tenants than you'd get in Kumamoto.
1: Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, what kind of land would that property be on? Like 50 or 60 Tsubo or
2: something um, like that?
0: I never quite know the Tsubo uh, conversion, but Uh, one of them is on 150 square meter of land. The other
1: one is on a mm -hmm. 211
0: square meter of land.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that's like 50 or 60 then.
0: Yeah. Much, much bigger than, uh, much bigger than what you'd get in Tokyo and Osaka, for example.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. Interesting. Um what and then, kind of and the advantage
0: with fukuoka is that you do have if and when japan's economy does well fukuoka always does well so you do have potential for growth
1: yeah that's right if anywhere is going to do well it's going to be fukuoka
0: yeah tokyo osaka fukuoka usually are the ones that spring the highest when things go well
1: yeah okay um what do your customers usually do for financing are people working with mega banks or
0: if they're residing in Japan, they usually go for mega banks. If they're residing out of Japan, they just buy cash, to be honest. Um, there mm-hmm. are some mm-hmm. solutions for non residents, but they're not very attractive. But it sounds like you've got a fantastic deal going there with the bank. So I would, whatever you've been doing with them, keep doing it. The, that's very rare even for
1: residents. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'd probably stay with my my current banker. Um, will they lend for a property? Um, well, you know, Kumoto Bank is under the Fukuoka, Fukuoka Bank purchased, Kumoto Bank yeah. five or six years ago. So actually they have to run everything up to Fukuoka Bank before they approve any of the loans. So I don't think it's an issue.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting. Do uh, in this kind of like 60 to 80 million range, do people usually wrap? The properties in, in like a Godo Geisha or something like that or are most people purchasing it under their own names or if you've how does got that usually the, work
0: if you've got the one it's probably kind of borderline because if you look at the um, let me just have a look but you're saying you've already got a company right
1: yeah I've got uh, two companies um, so one of them I've just kind of got sitting doing nothing so uh, I could just Buy the property with that company and have it be kind of like a a standalone um shell not shell but uh, special purpose company for the property
0: well look normally we tell people that it's not worth it setting up a company and starting to pay annual upkeep costs on a company if you're not going to yeah, be yeah. generating at least four or five million yen uh in gross every year Mm-hmm. And those two properties that we've just spoken about are generating less than that, so between two to three million mm-hmm. and net net pre tax every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you already got the structure and you're already paying upkeep costs on an existing structure or two, then I see no reason not to put it under them.
1: Yeah, um, the, because I'm worried. You know, when I when I leave the country, does that mean I need to keep filing Japanese taxes, or you do? Yes. Do I have to? I I would have to keep filing personal Japanese taxes if I owned the property personally, right?
0: Yes. And if you've got the company mm-hmm. still set up, you'll also be needing to file. Uh, I mean, uh, let's put it this way. You're probably not going to be closing the companies when you leave.
1: Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So
0: you will definitely be filing corporate tax returns every year in any case. So might as well yeah, yeah. under one of them. And that gives you, when you purchase a mm-hmm. property, that also gives you five year of uh, cost deductions as opposed to three years as an individual.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You can carry your purchase costs forward for five years. And there's just a lot more that you can claim. Your accountant can probably advise you on that, but there are a lot more options for deduction claims under a company structure.
2: Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm.
0: so if you're only setting up the company for that purpose then you need to factor in three to four thousand bucks a year and and you know accounting and bookkeeping and corporate tax minimums
2: mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. You need to
0: make sure those deductions actually build up to that level but if you've already got the company uh in place then I, i'd say it's a no-brainer i'd put it under the company
1: mm-hmm. okay yeah. um so then i guess uh what's what's the best way to go about it? if i want you to introduce some skoka property to me um what what should i do first should i go in and sell uh the properties i do have and convert them to cash or uh well this you know
0: this, the, i guess uh, chicken and egg kind of thing so i can first off it sounds like you're comfortable working directly with japanese real estate professionals so i'm wondering not not that we don't want your money but i'm wondering if you mm-hmm. really need, do you really need us as the middleman or can you work maybe directly with the agents that i can introduce you to and then we can provide consultation
1: sort of thing which will be a lot cheaper. yeah I, I i could work directly with agents. Um, I just don't know any agents in Fukuoka. I I can put
0: you in touch with agents. It's not an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. we, I mean, we can come in either as full facilitators or as consultants. The consulting Mm -hmm. is cheaper, but then we only communicate with you and we, Mm -hmm. we can tell you our opinion on properties and what you need to make sure that you get and what to ask for, the right kind of questions to ask and that kind of thing. Um, or we can facilitate the entire purchase. Um, like if you start communicating with an agent and it looks like the agent is not comfortable with you being overseas, then you can hire us as your proxy and we'll do the full facilitation. So, We interrupt this broadcast, I always wanted to say this, we interrupt this broadcast to tell you about Tokyo Family Stays. They're a short-term rentals company in Tokyo and they offer a home away from home experience, which is just perfect for remote working, quarantining, or if you just need summer quiet to hide away from the world. So they offer a variety of options for families, for corporate relocations, or simply if you're transitioning between homes in Tokyo. Now, the properties are super comfortable, tastefully furnished, fully equipped with all amenities, and they accommodate up to 10 people. So really, the only thing you'll need to bring with you is your toothbrush and maybe a change of clothes. They've got fast, unlimited wireless internet, dedicated workspaces, and fully equipped kitchens, and they're just a delight to stay in, a fantastic alternative to Japanese business hotels, which if you've ever stayed in one, you probably know. They're tiny, they're noisy, fine for a night or two if you're on your own, but long-term or with a family, you'll probably feel you're in a jail cell very quickly. So if you want to give yourself a sense of space and freedom by renting a real home with comfortable Western beds, including all the necessities like baby bedding, children's toys, high chairs, you definitely want to reach out to Tokyo Family Stays. They've been at it for over a decade. They're a fully licensed minpaku or short-term stay operator. And as a special bonus for our viewers and listeners, they're also throwing in a breakfast basket upon arrival for anyone who books and mentions the Japan Real Estate Podcast or NTI. And not only for guests, if you're a property owner, you've got an investment property that you wanna tweak for higher profits or a holiday home that you want rented out when not in use via short-term stays, drop them a line today, see how they can help you maximize your property's income. And again, as a special bonus to our viewers and listeners, they're also offering a free audit of your existing short-term stay listings without any obligation whatsoever. So feel free to reach out to them at tokyofamilystays.com. Well worth your visit. And again, if you're in the market for a family home in or around the Tokyo metropolitan area, Emil's your man. Don't be shy to reach out to him as well at emil.gorgies, E S at tokyorealty.jp. I see. Mm-hmm. You can start you can start one way and then switch to the other way. So w- with hiring us, that, that's pretty flexible. With whether you should sell first or not, it really depends because the, the market moves very quickly, as you probably know mm-hmm. Komamoto, and probably even quicker than that in Fukuoka. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're putting in an application because you want to start the due diligence process, you want to start getting documentation for review and all of that. And you should be ready to settle within maximum two months from application.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure where you stand with your bank will they will they forward the uh, funds in advance on the basis of you selling the properties down the track, or will they have will they need to have everything ready?
1: Uh that's not actually a, a discussion we've had yet. Um, the last time, so I was looking at a property in the like thirty to. Thirty-five million range here locally um, that I was just going to uh, buy with not so much money down and not sell any of the properties. Um, but the the property came on the market. I took it to the bank the next day. Uh, the banker drove out there to look at it to start the their uh, assessment. What is it? Assessment yeah. and their assessment came back a week later. I called up uh, my real estate agent. He's like, "Oh, sorry, it's sold." Yeah, similar story here. That's going to be the case. Damn it. It's only been a
0: week. <laughs> the thing is, look, whenever you're applying to purchase a property and at least part of the financing is coming from a bank loan, mm-hmm. um, the seller would obviously always prefer to sell to somebody who's not dependent on bank approval. Yeah, of course. So if they're, mm-hmm. you know, if a cash offer comes in, they're not going to give you the time of day. So if you want to be sure to get your hands on a good property fast, then yes, I would sell those first. Mm-hmm, uh, but, you're, mm-hmm. but you're saying that in any case, at least part of the funds will come via loan, right?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm selling what I have now and buying something else for a similar price, that just seems like a waste of money because it lose a lot of money in the transactions. So yeah. if I do sell what I have now, it'll be to use that as part of a down payment for a, a larger portfolio or a larger Does your bank, larger do, uh,
0: does bank do pre-approvals?
1: Uh, no. No no yeah so that, they, it doesn't really they matter can tell me yeah they, they tell me you know like Once they uh, review the property yeah uh i mean they they give me advice like uh based on your your company's whatever recently uh we probably have this amount of money um that we can loan to you um but the the exact details on the loan like for example what percent needs to be down or how many years the loan is going to be for what the interest rate are going to be is after the assessment
0: well i'm more concerned with them whether they'll approve a loan for this particular property or not so how fast can they tell you yes or no on that because i mean the terms of the loan whatever terms they give you will probably be attractive enough japan being japan and interest rates being so low Um, I'm more concerned if, if it's going to be, like you said, like it, it's going to take them a week to, and they need to drive up and have a personal look at the property and so forth. Um, you're just going to miss out on a lot of them.
1: Yeah. Um, so the, the guy said if the property is newer than 15 years, then it's probably in whatever bank assessment software they have. So yeah. they don't have to look at it or do anything. They just bring it up on their, their software system and it automatically assesses it. Okay. based on whatever you know parameters they put in for the customer yep but if it's older than i I can't remember exactly it's older than 15 or 17 years or something it's not covered in that system so they have to actually go out and, and take pictures and stuff
0: well because these are wooden structures i would we would as a company personally normally advise to go for 20 years at most Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we can definitely aim for 15 years properties if that makes it e- easier for the bank
1: to quickly come back to you and say yes we'll loan for that we'll lend for that mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um what's your general uh, impression of for example nice buildings in good locations in kind of like third tier markets so i'm thinking like uh if it were Skoda, like right in front of Yanagawa Station or right in front of, uh, shoot, Okawa Station or something like that. Um, how, how do you feel about those kind of properties generally?
0: Um, they work. They definitely work, but we're kind of losing the potential growth aspect, right?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the okay. only thing so
0: there are a couple of particular stations i'd say befu station and uh, the one right after takamiya i always forget the name of that station that we feel mm-hmm. are probably good candidates for the next uh, for the next station down the line that's going to be gaining in value and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i probably if we want to capitalize on potential growth if and when it happens i'd probably stick to those stations or closer to center Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking for the maximum cash flow that you can get, and you're not concerned about potential growth, then yes, all
2: of those would work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Um, do you have any uh,
1: particular general thoughts about wood versus uh, tech team versus tech Um I'd
0: love to see a reinforced concrete building in your budget, but they're pretty rare.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh um what are still what, what is
0: so,
1: what is kind of the range for rc in fukuoka
0: um they'd start at about 80 million they'd need to be uh-huh, probably uh-huh. three fours three floors if we're lucky usually four floors and higher is where we'd start seeing more concrete mm-hmm. Um, depending <laughs> on location we might be able to get something like that but it's not it's going to be older though Uh Uh it's not going to be definitely not going to be 20 years or younger with reinforced concrete we don't mind if it's up to 30 years maybe
1: (laughs) Um, but yeah the price is going to be a bit out of the range eh? uh,
0: maybe maybe if they're very suburban we can we can swing something i'm not sure (laughs) we can look we can look and see what's available at the market at any given time so If you end up getting us for full facilitation, so we're gonna do is, you know, unlimited amount of research uh, as part of Mm -hmm. that process. And if you Mm -hmm. get us on a consultation basis, which is an hourly basis, then we can put in two or three hours for research out of your Mm -hmm. hourly Mm -hmm. bank and just see what comes up and in which areas at what prices and so forth.
1: Okay. Um, Can you tell me a bit about your fee structure and and how those kind of things work? Yeah. So the
0: hourly retainer is uh, charged by 10 hours at a time. Mm -hmm. those are uh, 2800 yen per hour or including taxes just over 3000 yen per hour Mm -hmm. and the full facilitation is uh, unlimited work until settlement and that Mm -hmm. depends on the property price so for the range that you're talking about it's three percent plus tax Uh
2: uh and that's
0: that's payable in advance uh, based on your estimated budget and then we credit or debit after settlement as per the actual purchase price
1: Okay, I see. So, similar to uh, a realtor's. Uh,
0: yes, except it comes uh, on top of the realtor.
1: Okay, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay.
0: But um, I think <laughs> from our experience, I mean, you sound like you're pretty experienced too, but what I usually tell um, customers who haven't done this much in Japan is that we, just in saving you costly mistakes and giving you negotiation options that you might not have been aware of, we usually more than cover ourselves.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh-huh um do you guys do anything um i'm guessing oh damn i can't speak english anymore um <laughs> short-term rentals do you do, you do any kind of yeah i mean um, uh advising or management work, those kind of things
0: we work with monthly monthly rentals companies And Mm -hmm. you can work with Minpaku companies if that's what you want. But that's definitely Mm -hmm. not something I'd look into before Corona blows over.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, uh, Monthly rentals is more like for company staff who are being sent around for like short-term assignment kind of things. It can be that
0: or it can be people on uh, extended holidays, like going to take care of elderly parents. It can be people Mm -hmm. that are attending like... a freelancers who are doing a project in a particular city, it can be uh, people mm-hmm. on, uh, for some reason once the tourists come back it's going to people people who come here for a year to study karate or, or shoji or whatever mm-hmm. so that sort of thing mm-hmm. uh, there's mm-hmm. a good market for it but that market is severely uh, oppressed by uh, corona at the moment
1: yeah, so that would be similar to Mimpaku and that would be fully furnished and, and managed kind of thing Or
0: yes, the difference is that um, it's not I mean, Minpaku can be very profitable if it's in a very good location and the the occupancy rates are very high. But Minpaku Mm -hmm. comes with its whole set of legislations and uh, bylaws and hoops to jump through um, uh, from from an official perspective, whereas monthly rentals are just normal leases. They're done with the lease in place, but you just charge higher for it because
1: it's by the month. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then your side is the, the cleaning fees and all that um yeah so it's not like a normal rental where yeah so
0: the property management companies that do that um have been doing it on a regular basis and they know what to charge for uh, check-ins checkouts cleaning security deposits internet fees Mm -hmm. and so forth uh utilities Mm -hmm. fees and they'll advise depending on what's happening in the market if you need to reduce your uh daily fee or increase your daily fee Um, They know their stuff. So depending on what you want to do with the property, we would be putting a normal long-term lease property manager or monthly property manager or Minpaku property manager in place, um, depending Mm -hmm, on what mm -hmm. you want to do with the property. Mm -hmm. With Minpaku, there's also the um, local municipality regulations to consider. So some city wards only allow it on the weekend, some city wards only allow it uh, within a certain distance from a school and so forth. So There'd be a bit okay. of a digging mm-hmm. into that before we can uh, switch over to Minpaku. With monthly leases, mm-hmm. nobody's got any say. If you own the structure, it's your decision. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but if
0: you if you want to consider potential short-term rentals, whether monthly or not, and you want to get a lot closer to center, the suburban ones will not
2: do for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Um, Fukuoka.
1: Mm. Um, if, say, for example, I do uh, want to move out of the Kumoto area, um, is there any benefit to, you know, Tokyo mm. or Osaka versus Fukuoka, or is it similar in terms of returns these days?
0: It's not similar in terms. <laughs> Fukuoka is uh, it can generate much higher returns than Tokyo or Osaka. Mm -hmm. And if you are thinking about those areas, I'd maybe go for uh, Kobe or Yokohama, Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe Chiba City. And we've got a lot of customers who are making um, nicer profits over there that are more similar to Fukuoka. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Advantage-wise, I I mean, look, Fukuoka, I feel, that's just a personal opinion, but I feel that Fukuoka does have more room to grow as opposed to Tokyo and Osaka, because they're very close to where they were pre-1990 bubble. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, before the bubble burst I mean Um, but Kobe, Yokohama are similar with Yokohama specifically you wanna I mean the city is Japan's second biggest city but it's really only the area next to the port that's Mm -hmm. really urban the rest of it is very very suburban I'd say almost rural Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah Chiba city, Kobe city uh, Kyoto if you can get something uh, it gets pretty expensive towards the center of the city but suburban Kyoto is maybe still affordable um kawasaki if we can swing it it's pretty close to tokyo prices but we might be able to get something a little bit cheaper and higher yield there Mm -hmm. Um, and otherwise yeah fukuoka is always i mean a lot of our customers love kumamoto as well because the cash flow is much higher than any any of these other places that i've mentioned now
1: yeah cash flow is uh is good here yeah uh, but the population is not worried about
0: yeah population is older and capital growth Mm -hmm. is non-existent
1: Yes. And uh, a lot of, you know, when, when I look around at uh, these wooden structures, uh, I'm always nervous. Um, (laughs) How much do I really know about the damage that happened in the 2016 earthquake? Sure. Um, There's, there's always some part you just can't see. That's Um, another advantage
0: I think of Fukuoka is that of all those places that we've mentioned, it's probably the least uh, risk for uh, earthquakes or at least mm-hmm. it has yeah. been so far with Kumamoto 2, um, population was going up until 2015, but I've just looked at the numbers for 15 to 2020, which were released uh, a few months ago. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're not gaining in population over there anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really, um, there's a few suburban areas like around all the semiconductor manufacturers, um, that are supposedly doing well population wise kind yeah. of have, you know, a lot of, uh, engineers and professionals buying but mostly houses right so um not really what i'm looking to do um there's not a lot of like single young guys renting apartments there it's everybody with their house and their two cars so yeah the, the the prices are going up there but it's not like a good investment market i don't think yeah.
0: So all of the other cities that we've just spoken about are all gaining in population, whether it's organically mm-hmm. like Fukuoka or just because people are migrating into the city like other places. But Tokyo actually, for the first time in a long time, is losing population because of the, uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 But uh, so basically it sounds like you think Fukuoka is the good balance between the, the future kind of growth in property prices and the ability to generate cash flow.
0: I would say so. If you're looking for an uh, mm-hmm. kind of um, city profile upgrade from Kumamoto, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think Fukuoka or maybe central Yokohama would be where you'd find um, kind of the balance between Kumamoto and the bigger metropolitan centers. The only other alternative would be maybe Sapporo, but winters can be pretty rough on vacancies and maintenance there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I see yeah i actually have a friend who bought property in yokohama recently i should talk to him i didn't even think about it
2: mm. yeah okay
0: yokohama's not bad chiba, chiba city is not bad and kobe is not bad as well and mm-hmm. nagoya mm-hmm. is Nagoya is pretty good but the population there's a bit more rough around the edges more blue collar. and uh, mm-hmm. you'd get i mean it's still japan it's not like you're gonna have a drug lab in the apartment but if you get payment <laughs> issues or Tenant who, you know, are late or missing on payments, we tend to have a bit more of that in Nagoya than in
1: other cities. Well, yeah, evidently the the Yakuza are a huge issue down here in Kumodo, you know. Um, so that's that's a thing I hear a lot of, you know, sometimes there's a, you didn't know but now there's a Yakuza living in your building and there's no way to get We've them out. We've had that in,
0: but, in Fukuoka a couple of times too, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing Takiyoshi probably has a Kitakyushu, we
0: we bought a few apartments there when we started, never again. (laughs) Kitakyushu is a nightmare. But no, even in Fukuoka, but to be honest with you, it affects your resale prices. If there's a Yakuza office in the building or what, everybody knows about it and it's going to be difficult to sell the property, but we've never had problem finding tenants for them. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Cool. Okay. um, Is is there anything else I should be asking or uh, anything you want to know or
0: um no you painted a pretty full picture i guess once we start looking at actual locations and properties we'll probably be exchanging a bit more q a Uh, Mm -hmm. but otherwise to just to get going i think we we know enough yeah
1: okay um then i'll uh sit down with my banker in the next couple days and just check about you know uh can i purchase in fukuoka um do i need to make like a at a, a bank account at the Skloka Bank version, or you know, it, just check that there there aren't any. And, and also ask
0: them that... if they can uh, if they can uh, forward funds while you're working to sell the properties, or if they need it
1: all mm-hmm. settled in advance. Uh yeah, okay, yeah. thank you. That's good. I almost forgot about that. So uh, that that's a common thing. Then you know, if I make a commitment, I'm going to sell all these properties. Um, they will forward the funds even while the the sales are pending or I know that they, they, still putting them on market.
0: They definitely do that with home loans. Like if you've got a mm-hmm. home loan and you're saying that you want to upgrade the house and you're rolling over, so they're aware of the fact that you don't want to you know, move out and start renting. So mm-hmm. they will let you buy the new house and give you like six or eight months to, but, but they will keep badgering you. Have you sold it? Have you sold it? Have you sold it? Uh, okay. whether they do that with investment properties or not, I'm not sure, but your banker sounds like a pretty uh, progressive dude. So maybe.
1: <laughs> well, uh, mm, yes. Komodo bank is, uh, way behind uh, Higo bank in terms of like regional banking. So they're, they've got a bit of a catching up <laughs> uh, reputation for, uh, being really cooperative, you know?
0: Yeah. So, um, if you could introduce me, I'm assuming the banker only speaks
1: Japanese, right? Uh, I don't know, but I'm assuming as well. I've never yep. had a chance to speak to him in English. So.
0: Well, if you could ask him if it's okay for us to contact him, and I'll make sure it's a Japanese side of our company who contacts him. He doesn't need to be scary of foreigners. Um, mm-hmm. It would be really good to uh, for my partner, for Chikako, to maybe have a chat with him about uh, how we can cooperate to get him some more clients and help our clients get some more loans.
1: Yeah, if, if you guys are doing work in in Kumamoto, I'm sure they'd be uh, yep. excited to talk to Komodo you. Kumamoto and
0: Fukuoka are both very active markets for us.
1: Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, great meeting you. Yeah, thank you very much for your time. You too. Speak to you soon. Yeah, have a nice day. You too, bye-bye.
0: Okay, so again, very interesting conversation, I thought. Not your typical first-time investor, but actually someone who's already invested in Japan, already taken out investment loans here as well. Bit of a higher-end discussion. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks, and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating or review on the iTunes Store, on Spotify, or just drop us a line in the comment section or wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you.
2: Hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoroshiku.